0: She burst onto the literary scene with her brilliant collection about incest, murder, insanity, suicide, abandonment, and the theft of lives. She was just 21. The year was 1985, and Other Small Spaces was an extraordinary accomplishment. An instant sensation among reviewers, critics, and loyalists of literary fiction, it was a surprise entry on the New York Times hardcover bestseller list, where it held for two weeks. The subject matter was disturbing, but the book's unique heralding quality deeply touched readers whose adoration of the work turned rabid and created word-of-mouth interest beyond its initial fan base. Several months later, when this unsettling debut by such a young writer was crowned with the National Book Award, the anointment generated unprecedented attention and controversy. As a result, an enormous domestic audience searched it out, and when the collection was translated into 35 languages— its audience became universal. Amidst such excitement and furor, the book reappeared on the bestseller list and remained there for a year, the rare story collection to attain such status. Soon, Joan Ashby was a writer known throughout most of the world. In 1989, four years after the publication of Other Small Spaces, Ashby continued her tremendous success with the compelling and complex Fictional Family Life, a collection of superbly interlocked stories with a 16-year-old boy at its center. Fictional Family Life spectacularly demonstrated Ashby's vast range, and the world again responded. At 25, she had a second acclaimed collection, When the book was shortlisted for the Pulitzer Prize, it catapulted to best-selling status and remained on the New York Times list for its own remarkable year. It has been nearly three decades since Joan Ashby published anything new, and in our desire to introduce or reintroduce Joan Ashby, we are reprinting excerpts from both of her collections. Reprinted with the permission of the publisher, Store and Store. We start with The Last Resort, and Bettina's children, the stories that bookend other small spaces. The Last Resort For a month, Owlman has been saying he will let me out of here, if I am honest. Again and again, he says to me, just once, I want you to do what I've asked. Wake up and write down the thoughts that first assail you. Owlman? a sail is a glorious word i say to him five mornings a week when i am hauled in here at 10 sharp by colossal black as night guards dressed all in white my scrawny biceps in their paws my paper-slippered feet dragging behind me it's a lesson in geometry the way they gently unhinge my angles and joints until i am seated in the brown leather chair that faces its mate where owlman sits The guards always wait until I swallow my pills. And when they leave us, Owlman says, let's tackle these easy subjects again. What's your name? Guess is my regular opener. Can you tell me where are you? The last resort. Sometimes when I say that, Owlman smiles. Today, it's the same routine. Released from my barred and locked room by Jim One and Jim Two, my names for them, though the tags on their broad chests say Terence and Golly V, one American, one clearly Indian from India, I'm dragged down a bunch of hallways to Owlman's office. Then it's me in my seat, the cone of water in my hand, the pills down my gullet, the guard's usual question. You okay here, doc? We can stay outside, be available to you. Terence does all the talking for he and Golly V, and despite my sustained fury, I think it's sort of nice how Terence has Golly V under his wing, the same way the pills are winging their way into my bloodstream. This morning, after Owlman shuts the door, but before he begins the usual grilling, I jump in and say, got something for you, Dr. Samuel Swan? And it's fun watching his head rear back because I've used his real name. In the beginning, my hands were shackled, bound together with those plastic handcuffs. But today I've been delivered with my hands belonging to me. I hold them up now, say, no weapons, just something I've got for you, something that will make you sing and set me free. Slowly, so slowly, I reach down into the crevice between breasts once lovingly admired, and pull out a sheaf of pages. Already the handwriting looks foreign. Shaky and disturbed, not at all the beautiful penmanship that used to win me gold stickers in childhood.